Hello, hello, good evening everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 10 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Uh, my name is Jason and as usual I'm joined by my two cohorts, my two partners in crime, Alvin and Richard. Uh, Big A, say what's up man. Evening peeps. And Richard, say what's up. Hey, what's up? What's happening people? Cool, cool. Uh, we were hoping to have a special guest with us uh, today on the podcast, but unfortunately she couldn't make it. Um, these things happen sometimes, uh, so hopefully we'll be able to reschedule and get her back in uh, on the show because she's a really, really interesting guest uh, and there's a lot of things that she could share with us as well. Um, so we'll soldier on without her, um, but yeah, we're on episode 10, which is kind of monumentous for us, man. Like this is, we've kind of hit a mini landmark it kind of dawned on me today so I mean I don't know is 10 a landmark or does that count as a landmark I don't know what do you think I reckon it is I, I, I you know what it is I'd break it down to like to the specific number so let's say if it was what, like one month let's say if it was if it was a thing of like for a year if it was like if for each podcast that we did if that was that was for a month then we could have you know a baby could have been born yeah so that's so now basically our baby is like you know you know one month old so I, I put it down to that if this was a Netflix show we like we become a round we become like rounding shot off now. So you know so you know what's his name's been taken out. If this was Luke Cage, Cotton Mouth has been taken out. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cotton Mouth has been taken out. Shades is still slick as shit. Um, <laughs> like you know so like we'd be rounding shit up. Like so yeah man, t- ten is a monumental mark. You know it's it's you know it's it's the number after nine where you become double figures. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, since you put it like that, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I was thinking like, you know, that's that's pretty cool, man. We've been doing this for a little while and we've been enjoying it. And hopefully you people who are listening or watching have been enjoying it too. Um, yeah, we, it feels like we've come away, you know, it really does. Um, I was actually having a look at like some of the numbers and things like that for um, how we've been doing. Uh, and in particular, I had to look at our SoundCloud um, account. Uh, now, if you don't know, we do everything on SoundCloud as well as on YouTube, so you can actually listen to audio broadcasts on SoundCloud when you're ready. Um, they're all accessible on our SoundCloud page. You just need to go to uh, Wulong Talks on SoundCloud, and you'll find all of our podcasts there. Um, but yeah, I was having a look, and yeah, we've done all right. We've had, uh, in the last month, we've had like 319 plays in total uh, yeah, on the podcast really? that we've done. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, we've, we've got like, people who are listening and, and following from all over the world, which is just crazy, man. Like, it, it shows you the, the power of the internet, you know? Um, our top plays so far are coming from America, so if you're listening to us in America, what's up? Thank you very much for the love and the support. Please keep following us out. We've had 103 plays in total from uh, American visitors. Um, the UK is lagging way behind. The UK, you're letting us down big time. Uh, UK, we've had only 23. Um, now, you need to do better than that, UK. Like, because we re- we rep the UK, so come on, like, we need to show these Americans what we're about. So, pick up the pace, please. But we've got like some quite uh, diverse countries on the list as well, which is interesting. Now, uh, I mean, you've got to take these countries with a with a pinch of salt because you know, who knows what dodgy people are out there using um, VPNs and and um, proxies and all of that kind of stuff to hide their tracks. Listen, we, we ain't put, trying to put you people on blast, by the way. Like, you, you do you, you know, as long as you ain't hurting nobody, you do you. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see, like, the kind of diverse countries we've had. We've had um, listeners from South Africa, 
Uh, we've had five plays from South Africa. We've had uh, three from South Korea, uh, two from Jamaica, two from Pakistan, uh, four from Saudi Arabia. Like, yo, I don't even know how that's possible because I swear that Saudi Arabia is like one of the most repressive regimes on the planet. So I don't even know how y'all doing that. But if you're listening to us from Saudi Arabia, big up, man. <laughs> um, we've had people from Trinidad and Tobago, the Cayman Islands, Taiwan, the Bahamas, Qatar, and Malaysia, um, as well as many, many others. Zimbabwe as well, we've had on there twice. So, yeah, we, it seems like we're, we're kind of making an impact, man. People are feeling the Wulong Talks love out there in the world, which is great to see. So please keep it going. Um, and as I said, thank you for all of you who have um, listened to all of our podcasts and chat to us on Twitter and interact with us on Instagram and everywhere else. You know, this, it, we love having that, that kind of thing that, <clears throat> that brings us all together. You know, we love having that kind of conversation with you. We love chatting about movies and, and comics and all of those good things. And I guess you do too. So please keep having that conversation with us, man. Now, uh, for today, we're actually going to do a Halloween special as Halloween is just around the corner. Um, I don't know. I, I wanted to ask you guys this. Does it seem to you like all of a sudden Halloween has kind of become a big thing or is it just me? No, it has. Yeah, it has, yeah. It has, yeah. Like, um, I've noticed it in the past few years. Um, it, it definitely has become more of a thing. Um, but in saying that, nobody's just that we're older. Like me, I'll tell you straight up and down now. I came from an African household that was, you know, quite religious. <laughs> so, hey, can you, you know, can I get dressed up as like something, like a demon and go and knock on, on strangers' doors and take food? And my dad gave me a look. I was like, oh, listen, you better go upstairs and go read some books. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I've come from that type of thing. But I can, I can definitely see that, you know, that, um, you know, that Halloween has become more of a, a, is it a public holiday, national holiday? It's become more of something that's, that's a lot more, you know, celebrated now in the UK. Mm. Mm. I mean, for those of you listed in America, you, you probably are all baffled by this because you've been doing this since, you know, how long? But for us in the UK, I mean, certainly for, for me uh, growing up, Halloween was not really a, a thing that anybody looked at at all. I mean, uh, coming from a, a Caribbean background, it was very similar to, to yours in terms of having very, very um, Christian parents who didn't understand the appeal of this pagan holiday. Like, as far as they were concerned, it was all paganism, and paganism is, is second to the devil. So you, 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 why are you even interested in it for? So that was <laughs> their kind of take on, on those things. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems like it's, it's becoming a more prominent thing. Alvin, did you like get to trick or treat and things like that when you were Yeah, younger? I didn't do none of that stuff, man. Halloween was just another day. It was, I mean, you'd get a few people trying to do it, but back in the day, man, it was just like, it wasn't really that much of a thing here. It's kind of like with, with the internet and the growth of it, it's kind of become kind of more popular, obviously, from, from over, from us seeing the States. You know what I mean? And seeing how they do it. And they do it really big, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, and I think that's kind of trickled down into us a little bit. Um, but luckily, I don't live in a house. I live in a, like an apartment complex. So hopefully no one's going to be knocking on my door. Uh, no, they'll be coming, man. They'll be coming. I live they in an apartment not. block as well. Are you going to be waiting with the pellet gun behind the door? <laughs> <laughs> it's not getting answered, man. It's not getting answered. I'm just going to answer that phone and be like, yo, F off, man. Ain't got no sweets. <laughs> I think... They're going to trick your fucking house then. <laughs> I, can't, I can't trick my apartment. I'm protected. It's, it's fucking gated, isn't it? 
I'll tell you, one of these years, man, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get like, a, a goat from the local city farm, bring it up, mm. and then I'm going to like shave my chest and put like a, um, a star on my chest. You know, like um, <laughs> get two horns, and then when they knock on the door, I'm gonna open the door and be like, "Yes, come! You've come just in time for the sacrifice. You will go nicely with the goat. Come." <laughs> One of these days, man, I'm gonna do it. That's I'm gonna do it. <laughs> well, listeners, as it's Halloween, we decided um, we we're gonna give this a Halloween type theme. Uh, so we were gonna kind of have a chat and. Talk about the kind of movies, the comics, the uh, video games and books and things like that that we enjoyed um, that are all horror related and, and related to things around this time of year. Um, hopefully we won't be scared any of you or any of us by the time we've come up with um, some recommendations. But if you're into that kind of thing, uh, hopefully we'll point out a few things as well that uh, maybe you can go and have a look at and uh, have a read of and enjoy it. So, um, yeah, well, we may as well get down to it, really, lads. Um, oh, no, before we begin, I mean, we obviously should talk a little bit about uh, the monumentous events of Monday evening. Um, but for those that don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referring to The Walking Dead, uh, the season oh. premiere, the season seven premiere, um, which after, God, how many months was it? Has it been six months? Something like six or eight. It's, it's been about six months, hasn't it? Yes, it's the last six. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since next the season break. So, yeah. So anyway, it's been about six months since they left the audience dangling. Although they weren't really leaving the audience dangling, because if you had half a brain cell in your head, you knew exactly who was going to die anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, we had our our scene where Negan introduced Lucille to the heads of Abraham and Glenry and they are no longer with us in the show terms. Um, I've had like my rants about this already so I'm not going <laughs> to rant about it. So instead, I know both of you have, have seen this episode now. So, um, Well, we'll start with you, Alvin, because you're the, the biggest Walking Dead fan out of the three of us. Um, what did you make of it? Did the scene kind of work for you and did the episode work as a whole and has it got you looking forward to the rest of the season? Well, when it um, you know, when they did that whole tease at the end of last season, I I'll speak to a friend of mine and I actually guessed one of them. Um, I didn't think there'd be a second one, uh, so I was like, look, it's going to be either be Sasha or Abraham because Abraham is stubborn as fuck. You know what I mean? If he gets like whacked in the face, he's going to come back up because he's that's that's what he's like. Uh, and so when that happened, I was like, cool, all right, done. But then fucking after Daryl punched Negan in the face and Negan was saying what he was saying about, you know, you only get one and all this kind of business. When he whacked Glenn on the head, I was fucking, I could not believe it. Like I was in, I was literally shocked. Like I was like, oh no, but he's okay though. And then obviously he lifted his head up and his eye was popping out and all that shit. And his head was all concave. I was like, fuck. He's fucking gone. He's he's gonna fucking die. But in my head, I was still going, "Oh, he could still maybe live though." And then, nah, it it just wasn't gonna happen. But I thought they did it pretty well, man. I kind of like, I I, I didn't I didn't know that would that's what happened in the comics. I'm surprised I managed to avoid that that spoiler for so freaking long. You know what I mean? So so yeah, nah, for me it worked. I I, I liked what they did. Uh, it, the Glenn bit for me was unexpected. And it just, uh, this, <laughs> they've literally, Rick has had his balls cut off 
you know what I mean? By he's just been ruled by Negan straight away. He's been schooled by him and this whole scenario, and it's it's all fucked up. And I don't, I don't know where they can go from here, but uh, fucking uh, I'll, I'll be happy to find out. Yeah, for me it was. Um, I mean, as I said I'm not going to go on about it because I've made my feelings <laughs> quite clear on The Walking Dead. But um, I did have to, you know, to hold my take my hat off to the team and the way that they framed the the death scenes and the way they were staged and and the special effects and everything. It was it was very much done in the spirit of the original comic. So um, you know, it was almost note for note the the way that they did it. So on that level, you know, it was it, it worked really well for me. Um, it, it did. Uh, but yeah, like Glenn Dine was was no surprise for me at all. Um, and I kind of guessed that it was going to be Abraham who was going to get it as well because it just seemed pretty obvious to me um, out of everybody that was there. Even though they should have killed Daryl. Yes, I'm saying that. They should have killed Daryl. Daryl should have been dead a long time ago in this show. Yeah. <laughs> I've just pissed off about 50% of the people who are listening to this now. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it worked pretty well. Um, Rich, what did you think? I mean, I, I, I guess both. I guess both of them tell the truth uh like literally um i think it was on monday during during the day at work um i sat there with a guy who i work with called daniel or dan dan uh and basically and i broke and i broke it down to this thing of that the first person i the first person who i thought definitely would have got it um was was abraham and i just broke it down to logistics of like if somebody's gonna die in the show, like he said we know that was not gonna go we know michonne's not gonna go we know Rick's not going to go. We know Carl's not going to go. And if, if they're going to look at it from the point of view of, let's say, how Negan has been operating, even though we hadn't seen him up until his reveal at the end of the last season, he's very, very calculated. So to me, when he looks, when I, I can only assume that when he looked at somebody like Abraham, he, he probably said, that, well, well, listen, Abraham's the kind of person who's probably going to be a threat. Uh, so, so I reckon that's one of the reasons why he took him out anyway. Like you said, like Abraham is, is a stubborn as fuck, and it's not as if like it's not as if he he looks stupid. He's got some. It looks like he's got some. Abraham's got military training, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So like so to me, it was it was just a, it just made sense to take him out anyway. Somebody like Daryl. The reason why you know spoiler why did, why I can imagine why he's taken somebody like Daryl is because Daryl is the next person closest to Rick. Who you know what? If you can fucking you know skin their balls or, or, or castrate them. That person will work for you and will be fucking loyal. So that's so that's how I see that's how I see his brain working. Glenn, Glenn, I just I just I did actually didn't know that he gets taken out in a comic book, um, but I just thought to myself, well, listen, like it, it'd be good to take it. I just I said it'd be good to take him out, but if they do take him out, it will make his survival in whatever season it was where he managed to hide underneath that dumpster. It will make it null and void. So yeah, was, that's what I mm-hmm. thought actually, because it was yeah, it was the previous season, season yeah. six, when that happened. Like, like to me, like when they when they killed off Glenn in this, like you know, in this episode, it was the equivalent of like you know, for you old school heads who are listening, there's a there used to be a famous show called Dallas. They tried to bring it back quite a few years ago, and there's an episode where Bobby Ewing gets killed, and I think he dies for like a whole season, and then at the end of the season, you find that. That was a dream. <laughs> so so to me, it was like you know, it, it, everything just became done and void. Um, I I know that they we they then they do like a, an alternate um, killing with uh, was it with Maggie? Hmm. Yeah, like to me personally, I think the thing about the Walking Dead show 
now, and this is something that we that you know that we've said before, like is it's become sort of like routine. So it's become you know it's become a bit lazy. I think they should have killed Maggie. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sound like you know like like you know like I hate women or stuff like that. But of course, they basically kill her and then basically you know tell Negan that you know that she's pregnant, just so like you know you could, like to me it would have made it it would have made the 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 act that a little bit more evil and you know made everyone else feel like okay listen. This guy really, really needs to get fucking taken out, and I think her death would have would have been a, a lot more hard hitting than let's say than Glenn's death. But um, the show, the, the episode itself was, was was you know was filmed quite well and things like that. So uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 happy with it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I can't lie. Cool. I just say, look, bring on the march to war, man. That's all I've been waiting for. Just bring it on. Bring on Ezekiel, bring on Shiva, bring on the march to war, bring on the whisperers, and then maybe I'll be interested. Until then. Leave me alone, man. Oh. <laughs> and I say that whilst I'm still looking at when the next episode is going to be on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm full of contradictions, people. You'll learn that. You'll learn. Okay, man. Well, um, I think that was about the only kind of horror-related piece of news that I can think of from this week, unless you two can think of anything. Mm, no, not horror-based, no. Yeah. No, not, not really. Yeah, no, there wasn't really anything really, was there? So, all right, well, let's crack on, man. Um, okay, so I said we're going to get to the point now where we're going to have a bit of a chat about some of the movies, uh, the comics, books, and video games that that we love that are horror themed or you know have scary themes and things like that. Um, yeah, and basically, I mean, I, I kind of struggled a little bit with this when it came to the part where we were talking about comics and TV and it, it, I kind of had this whole existential crisis where I was like am I not scared of things anymore <laughs> and then like I thought about it and I thought no no I'm definitely still scared of stuff um, it's just that like to me it's hard to track down things that are really kind of you know that really creep me out on on, on that kind of level you know things that, that really make make my skin crawl um, because I, I'm somebody who, you know, I need to feel the fear in, in a very visceral way. I need to feel it like like this is happening to me right now, you know, not to the person that I'm watching or to the thing that I'm engaging with. Um, and it's hard for me to find things that, that really do do that and really make my, my skin crawl. There's lots of, like, well-made um, horror movies, for example, out there, but, uh, you know, there was very few that, actually made it to my list that I could say yeah was was something that actually kind of bothered me to the point where you know I couldn't sleep or um, I felt uncomfortable while I was watching it and things like that so yeah it was kind of, it was kind of tough man but um, we'll start off anyway um, Alvin did you have like a film or something like that that you could recommend for, for people or what was it that kind of scared you what kind of movies scared you um, when you were growing up and, and today I guess uh, well, see, I don't watch that many horror movies, right? I don't know why. It's just never really been like my thing, uh, I suppose. But uh, I think the last horror movie I actually went to see was Drag Me to Hell. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And Drag Sam Me to Ray Hell. Was it Sam Raimi or did he produce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Sam Raimi, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the only reason why is because it was full of jump scares, but really good, funny jump scares. 
where it scared you and you started laughing because it was funny that you shat yourself over this crazy but funny kind of horror film. Um, but I just had a thought as well, actually. Does Final Destination count? Yeah. Yeah, then all of the Final Destinations, apart from the last one I've not seen. Uh, mm. But yeah, I've really enjoyed... Like any of the, I think the best Final Destinations are one, three... Yeah, one and three are the best ones. Yeah. And one, three, two, four. And then five. Okay. And then the sixth one I've not seen. Yeah. But yeah, any of the Final Destinations, give those a go. But three and one are the best ones out of all of them. Yeah, I think um, the first one I, re I remember, I remember Final the first Final Destination, um, and I remember that being... But again, I, I don't know if it scared me, but I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed some of like the death scenes and stuff, like the girl getting run over by the bus. That was just hilarious to me. Like, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I don't know why, but I mean, maybe I'm twisted, but I just found that like unbelievably funny. But um, one I enjoyed, and then I remember seeing... Which one was the one with the roller coaster? Was that number five? Three. That number no, three. three. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. I just remember the two girls getting trapped in the um, the tanning booth. The tanning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst the, the radio was playing "Roller Coaster of Love." <laughs> like, <laughs> again, that just made me laugh like so much. It did not scare me at all. I was just like, "That this is hilarious!" And all these people in the cinema was like screaming, and then. I remember I'd gone with a date to go and watch it, and the date kind of looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you kind of thing? I was just like, ah, this is so funny. And she was like, what? <laughs> Dying in there. So, yeah, for me, I, oh, oh, like, for me, number three was, was um, a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I, I don't know about Final Destination. Yeah, it, it didn't really scare me. Um, Rich, anything that, that comes to mind for you? Yeah, um... Electra, that was just pretty scary because it was so shit. The Final Destination films, like to me, to me, they weren't scary. Like, no, but the concepts, though. But yeah, but even yeah, but even the concept, concept is scary to me, man. No, Come on, now when I get on a plane, it's all fucked up, man. That's all I can think about. <laughs> See no, see, see, it doesn't. See that doesn't really get to me. Like uh, I don't know. Um, never. Like the idea was, it was a good idea. I always thought for a good film, but scary, nah. Like it, it just, it just didn't do it for me. I think the last scary film I actually watched in a cinema was the first Paranormal Activity. And and like, I, like listen, that that shit. Like I'm one of those guys. Like you know when yeah, you were saying that you, you didn't really find anything. You know that you know that you know that really made you scared. Like I can't think of anything that would make me scared because I'm like that. I don't go looking for shit that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> like hey, let me watch this and not, and not sleep for two days. No, I can't live that life anymore. But um, Paranormal Activity that was the last one that I saw, and I thought that it was it was you know this generation's Blair Witch Project, uh, but probably done but probably done even better. Um, and that really really scared me. Um. What else? Uh, yeah, I'd probably say that's that's the last film that I saw. I always there's a few films that I always do go back to and watch every so often, even though it will give me like night terrors, and I call it night terrors because I end up I, I literally woke up like a three year old, yeah, <laughs> I just screwed my head off. Um, but the first, I mean, I've written a post about it, which is going to be posted on Monday. Um, so the first Halloween, I think, is an amazing horror film. Uh, first Halloween, and there's another film which is 
a good film, but it's considered more of a cult classic because not everybody's seen it. But the very first Phantasm, that's another amazing horror film, man. Like the lighting on that, uh, the story behind it, the the villain behind it, who has who's a, who um, who's an evil supernatural villain who's never really been given uh, the ratings that he deserves. Is a guy called the Tall Man. Shit, like dude, those two films scared the shit out of me. I kid you not, man. Like when I, even uh, even Halloween, when I was writing the post for Halloween and I was upstairs by myself, yeah, I was a bit scared. I started getting into that and I was writing about I was writing about Michael Myers and I was like, hey, listen, like, now this is the reason why I get scared of this. Let me just calm it down a bit. Let me put some some cartoons on and take a breather. But um, but but those three, or those two, yeah, those three, um, those things really really scared life out of me. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen anything recently that has really scared me that much. I mean, I saw um, the Purge. Um, in the cinema and was kind of bored by it to be honest it didn't really do much for me um, Annabelle uh, I saw and that didn't really do much for me either um, yeah like there, there's nothing really that I can think of um, American in recent years that, that really kind of uh, scared me that, that got underneath my, my skin you know um, I'd have to go back quite a few years but I think the the, the early kind of things that, that scared me was um, the first nightmare on Elm Street um, yeah. was was one that really got to like because this idea that this person could get to you in your dreams yeah that's uh, fun in something. a place where you yeah where you always feel like you know that that's visceral because everybody feels even when you're having a nightmare um, you know, there's a part of your brain that's aware that you are having a nightmare, um, and you. And that's kind of what ultimately wakes you up is is the fact that you know your brain says, "Hey, don't worry. Look, this is just a dream," and you get up from it. Uh, whereas on with Nightmare on Elm Street, it was you know you had <laughs> your know, your dreams were not safe. You were not safe in your sleep, like the, the one place where you think you would be safe. Um, so that really kind of like got to me. That really scared me. Freddy Krueger was was. Um, you know, the uh, just one of the worst creations, one of the best worst creations um, for for cinema, really, because he just, as I said, he, he he kind of terrifies you on that 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 deep subconscious level. Um, so yeah, that was a really really scary film for me growing up. Uh, Candyman was another one. Um, I <laughs> I have to tell you that I blatantly, as soon as I watched that film. <laughs> I went into the mirror and said Candyman three times in the mirror, <laughs> just to see if it was true. Yeah. I wouldn't even do that now as an adult. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, like the third Candyman, I, I basically mouthed it. I didn't even say the words. I was like, on the side of my mouth <laughs> because I did not want Candyman to come and take me. But that that really bothered me as well because of, um, again, because of the story, really, because of... It, it it seemed like it could be plausible, you know, in in an odd way, because this idea that this this man was, you know, this slave who'd been tortured and killed and had been resurrected to this vengeful spirit and was coming to you know to kill all of these people and and drag them to hell. It was that that was like wow, that bothered me. That bothered me, especially because of um you know growing up in the household I did. Um, and coming from the background I had, you know, my, for those that don't know, my folks are from the Caribbean. Um, you hear a lot of different stories about different kind of Caribbean myths and legends. Um, there's a few that I've actually written about on, on the blog as well, so you can check those out. But, um, you know, a lot of those stories come from sort of slavery times and from the kind of things that the, the you know, the slaves used to believe in and the kind of stories they used to tell each other. And 
yeah, Candyman just seemed like so plausible to me coming from you know from that background from that point of view. So yeah, that was that was one that that absolutely terrified me. Um, yeah, so Candyman really did it for me. Uh, most recent one uh, was a film that I saw a couple of days ago called uh, Train to Busan, which is a film from South Korea. Um, now, if you are a horror fan and you're not checking out the stuff from the Far East, I urge you to do it because, believe me, the guys from the Far East, they know how to skate. They really know how to skate. But um, Train to Busan is, is basically um, about a man and his estranged daughter and, and some other passengers who get trapped on a train during a, a, a zombie outbreak. Um, and basically they've got to survive somehow on this train uh, whilst, um, you know, these hordes of, of zombies and people are constantly getting infected and, and coming after them and they've got to find a way to stay alive on, on this train. Um, and the whole thing is mo almost entirely shot on, on the train itself. So along with the, the kind of, you know, the, the fear of, undead and, and these people that eat human flesh and things like that you've then got the claustrophobia of being trapped on the train um, which is really powerful because that's, that's another thing that, that kind of gets under my skin is, is being kind of trapped in a, in a place um, where you can't move and you know you're, you're limited by space and you can't really go anywhere where there's no freedom that that kind of plays on you psychologically as well so that's a film I would definitely recommend to people I know it's um, out in UK cinemas at the moment so if you're listening to us in the UK go and check out uh, Train to Busan it's definitely worth it but um, yeah that would probably be the most recent thing that, that I've seen that, that kind of got under my skin really um, in terms of like the, the horror movies are there any specific like scenes or things like that that, that kind of just bothered you that you can remember um, Rich, we'll start with you. Is there, is there any like, particular scenes from Halloween that, that really got to you? Yeah, you, you know what it is? It's basically, to tell the truth, any time that he appears on screen, uh, like, it, 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 generally just, it generally just puts the, you know, the shivers up my spine. Um, I mean, the reason that, I mean, I didn't go into too much detail, but the reason why I love the Halloween, uh, the, well, the first Halloween, the first and the second Halloween, so to speak, is that there was no form of, like, supernatural element attached to the character like so he, he generally just could have been that guy you know you know like and, then, and I think that's what that's what makes things uh, like when you're scared of something that, that you know when it's something that can be plausible as well that's what makes it more scared so for example like Jay if you're talking about like when you're talking about Freddy Krueger it wasn't even just the fact that Freddy, Freddy Krueger was able to get you in the dreams the main fear for me of watching Nightmare on Elm Street was the whole thing of that at some point you have to sleep that's the fear the, like, the, the, the secondary fear is Freddy Krueger going to get you. The first fear is that you have to sleep and this person's going to get you. Uh, so mm. for me, there's a scene in them, and it's basically the end of Halloween, where, you know, um, where, you know he, he gets into the house and he's after Jamie Lee Curtis, who is my, one of my first crushes. Love her. I even love her now. But, um, uh, and then you know, you know, they have a bit, of a, a bit of a tussle, and then Dr. Loomis comes in and he shoots uh, Michael Myers, and Michael Myers falls over the balcony uh, and then basically, and basically lands on the ground. And you see his body on the ground. So then Dr. Loomis... Goes to Jamie Curtis and basically see if she, see sees if she's okay, and then she's like, you know, is he gone? Is he gone? And then basically they go over to the balcony, and he's not there. That, like, even now that scene, just just talking about, it, scares the effing life out of me, just for the simple fact of the way her character of how Michael Myers is. You know, he wears the mask, so he generally could be anybody out there. All he needs to do is just put a mask on and just chase after you. And like I said, because there's no form of supernatural link. He could just be one of those big guys. 
Now you've read, you know, you read stories about big guys on steroids just taking a just taking a beating and just coming back for more. Or you know, if you go raving, or you know, like we used to back in the day, and you see those guys on coke. I've seen guys on coke do madness, fall out, fall out of moving cars and get up and carry on like no one's business. So that scene at the end, where they go over to the balcony and he's not there after this rampage that he's done on just this one night, scares the life out of me. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very visceral, all of, all of that. I mean, um, <clears throat> Mike Myers, yeah, he just the, the idea that this guy was just unstoppable was, was kind of, yeah, that was kind of freaky for me, I have to admit. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I could never reconcile with that because it's like you can't fight him, you can't do nothing to him, you just go around, basically. Um, and it, it makes me want to play that Friday the 13th game Oh, yeah. um, but we'll get to video games anyway. But yeah, it really makes me want to play that. But um, Alvin, uh, was there a specific scene from a, a movie that you could think of that, that really kind of sticks with you to this day? Uh, not not really sticks with me. But like I was saying, man, with the Final Destination thing, that whole plane sequence, like the getting on the plane and all that, and you see it crash and all this business, and like you see his skin melting on his face and all that. Do travel. Even though I don't want it to, and especially when I go on planes, that will always like fuck with my head a little bit. You know what I mean? It's uh, it, it doesn't fucking really bother me, but it's just like fuck. Come on, why did I have to think about that now? Because flying, I don't, flying's not nice anyway. So you know what I mean? Thinking that you're gonna crash and burn in a fireball isn't gonna help. Hmm. Mm. And that's the thing. So you always have it drummed into your head that that flying is statistically the safest way to travel. Yeah, fuck you, Superman. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, Supes was lying about that one, man. <laughs> he was lying. <laughs> but um, yeah, you 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 constantly have it drummed into your head that that flying is so safe. So when a film kind of plays with with that idea, then yeah, that's bound to to kind of shake a few people up. Um, yeah, so yeah, I can understand that. But mind you, I've, I've honestly never ever had any problem with flying, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why um, Final Destination never never got to be in that way. But yeah, it's 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 mad when you think about it. But for me, I mean, the scene that that bothers me to this day, like, and it's crazy considering when I thought, look back and, and the, the amount of horror films I've seen, I realise I've seen a lot of horror films. Um, but the one that kind of bothers me the most, and, and Richard, you'll know this one, because we went to see this together, was oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? The yeah. original or the uh, remake? Both well, them. both of them, to be honest. Both yeah. of them do. Like, they, they both do. I mean, for, for those of you who are listening who haven't seen The, the Ring, um, you probably would have seen it by now. I mean, it, it's fairly old. Uh, I think it's like 2000. No, no, the original came out longer than that, didn't it, Rich? Was it like 2001 or something? It came out? Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, the Ring, uh, the American version you'll probably be familiar with, it stars uh, Naomi Watts. Um, but there is a, a, an original Japanese film on which that was based. Um, and the concept and the premise are, are pretty much exactly the same in, in both movies. Um, the idea that there's this cursed videotape in, in circulation that, you know, if you watch a tape and um, you watch a tape and then you get a call immediately after and this terrifying voice says seven days and then you've basically got seven days to either lift the curse from yourself or, or you die. Um, the, the climax of, of that movie is um, the uh, male character uh, being killed off by Samara or Sadako as, as she's known in the Japanese version. 
Um, and in both versions, it just creeped me out. Like I, I watched both of them recently, um, side by side, because somebody has actually put them up, put them up on YouTube, and has put them up side by side. And I don't know whether it's, I, I, I think it's the, the the concept that something, again, something like a television that seems very harmless, and um, could suddenly become this thing that, you know, that that brings terror into your life and and ultimately kills you um, is, is, is so kind of visceral for me. Um, and in particular in the Japanese version, what I can't stand, what really like kind of makes me grind my teeth is the actress, I, I can't remember the name of her off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll put the name in um, this, the description box for the video when I, uh, when I remember. But um, the actress who plays Sadako, when she's coming out of the well and she's walking across the field towards the screen, um, from the character's point of view, her movements are horrific. Like she moves like she's got rigor mortis in her body, so mm. she can't like kind of move her. You know, like a, a normal person who who walks. You know, when you watch people, they have a free kind of gait in the way that they walk, and you know, they swing their arms back and forth and, and so on. With her, it's like it literally feels like you know this is a corpse coming towards you because it's every movement is. Is rigid, is rigid and, and jagged, and and you know there's a there's a real kind of um, threatening posture about how she moves, um, and then when she starts kind of clawing her way out of the screen, it's just horrible. And then um, one thing that I think they they missed a trick on in the American version that they did in the Japanese version was um, Sadako when she comes out of the TV, she's got no fingernails, all of her fingernails are gone. And it, it obviously, given the you know the impression that she's dug her way out of this well and into the, you know this this guy's uh, living room, and uh, it just looks awful. It looks so like it, it just made my skin like crawl. It made every hair on my body stand up. And I've got a lot of hair, people. So, <laughs> so that's a lot of hair to make stand up. And um, it, it was just terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And to this day, as I said, I watched the two scenes together, and and it's still kind of freaked me out. And do you remember, Rich, when we um, went to see that, that movie, the American version, and yeah. we came out, do you remember, when we got back to your house, it was yeah. all about <laughs> taking, unplugging the TV, turning it around and making it face the wall <laughs> so nothing yeah. could come out, and leave your shoes by the door, because you may need to run out <laughs> very quickly if that don't work. <laughs> I'll say one thing you missed out, Jay, it, 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 not just to have come out the TV. But it was the noise of the bones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh man. But like I said, but but to me, like I said, all those things are scary, but they're they're still supernatural based. And like, and and I tell you, one of the things that I always have in the back of my head. Now people might say I'm being racialist. You know, that's a made up word. I trademark that. You know, racialist and stuff like that. But as black people, we don't really echo that stuff. We don't echo that stuff. So when I see someone like Samara, I'd be like, I wouldn't be in that situation in the first place. <laughs> hey, moving to this house, the, the previous family were killed by, you know, by the father who lost his mind and he's now in a mental asylum. He said that he was possessed by a demon. You know, you, no, thank you. I'll, I'll live on the street. Yeah, the, you know, so, so when I look at something like Samara or like, also like, or like Candyman, Candyman is simple. It's simple. Don't go to the mirror. Don't say his name. 
Don't drink from the carton. It's as simple as that. If you have an itch, scratch it. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so, like, so, so to me, when those supernatural things, when they really do hit home, is yeah, is is when you look at the. You always look at the. To me, I always always look at the circumstances of like, can I defeat it? That's the first thing I say. To, I used to say to you, Jason. As the first thing I used to say to my brother. Like my brother would see a horror film, and I'd be like, "Hey, listen, could we defeat it? Could we be? The, could we be the Frog Brothers from the Lost Boys? Do we just need to get like a bottle of holy water, some salt, and a cross, and a crossbow, and then we're good?" And if he says things like, "No, man, you need to go to like the Vatican and go and get people to come and bless the stuff," then you know you're fucked. But like I said, I wouldn't be in those situations in the first place because <laughs> Dwayne says in Scream Two, people like us, we don't survive long in situations like this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ain't that the truth, man? Jesus, uh, we got we yeah we got to make mention of the of the the classic troupe of um, of horror films where it's like <laughs> if there's a black man in it, you know he's gonna die and he's probably gonna die first and he's probably gonna die horribly. <laughs> like it's just something that that walk, that runs through every single horror film that a black male actor is in. Well, not every single one. I mean, it, that kind of changed a little bit. Um, you know, over the years and in more recent years, it's changed. But certainly, um, if you're talking about kind of as particularly in the 90s, my goodness, like if you were a black man in the 90s in a horror film, boy, I, I felt sorry for you, man, because <laughs> even from an actor's point of view, like that, that's a day's work you're getting if at most. <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, man, it was it's crazy, crazy. You know what other scene that I remember as well that's just popped into my head now? We've been talking about scenes. Um, you guys remember Poltergeist, right? The, yeah. yeah, Steven Spielberg, maybe. I, I know what you're going to say. You, you know what scene I'm going to say, right? The dude with the, the, the mirror, yeah? The steak out the fridge. Oh, my God. Do you know, do you know how much that bothered me? Like, that bothered me for so long. Right, for people... Sorry, for, for listeners who, who listen, right? um, there's a, a movie, I think it came out around, around the 80s, mid-80s, a Steven Spielberg movie called Poltergeist. Um, they did a remake of it recently, which I don't think went down very well um, from what I heard. But Poltergeist, the original, if you can get hold of that, that's definitely a movie that's worth checking out. Um, basically, it's about uh, a house that has become possessed by a, a malevolent spirit. Um, and the the spirits are kind of channeling themselves through the the young daughter of pardon me of this family who's living there. So um, they call in, you know, as you would do. They they call in some paranormal experts to to come in and investigate. And one of them um, is a, a male, a guy. Uh, and in one of the scenes, you know, whilst they're they're working on on trying to get rid of these poltergeists out of the house, the the guy's like, okay, I'm hungry. I I want to go and eat something. So he goes into the kitchen. And um, in the kitchen, he, he can't really find anything. So he opens up the fridge and he sees a steak in there, um, pulls out the steak and he puts it on the, the, the counter, closes the fridge and then turns his back. And then out we get kind of like a POV shot like over his shoulder where you see the steak starts moving along the counter. Um, so he turns around and then notices the steak is moving. So obviously he's horrified. Um, he walks towards the steak and then it explodes and all these maggots come out of the steak. Um, which is kind of gross in and of itself. Then you have this situation where um, once the, 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 that happens, he runs over and throws up in the sink. And then whilst he's throwing up in the sink, he looks up at a mirror and realizes there's a mark on his face. And then as he goes to, to kind of 
investigate the mark, he presses it and realizes that his skin is, is coming off. Does that make sense? So he keeps pushing, pushing, and then next thing you know, it's like he's ripping chunks out of his own face. And um, there's a particular point where he like kind of pulls off so much flesh that like part of the bone and, and the, um, the jawbone and the skull are exposed and things like that. And it's horrible. It's, the, the effect is so brilliantly done. Um, like it, it's just magnificent the way they've done it. But um, yeah, it was horrible. Do you remember uh, at all, Alvin? Uh, no, I've not seen Poltergeist. I'm only familiar with it. I've not actually seen it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out, man. Um, sorry, we've just lost Richard for a second. Have we? Noticed. Yeah, he, he just vanished. So oh, I've, man, um, he'll be back. So I've just tried to bring him back. It's Halloween, folks. You know, what kind of things can happen? Gremlins are out. Let's just hope Mike Myers ain't caught up with him, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> we might not be hearing from him again. <laughs> But um, yeah, Poltergeist is definitely a movie that um, I would recommend for for people because it was um, it, it was horrifying, you know, absolutely terrifying that was. Um, I'm trying to think of other scenes. I, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Was there anything else you could think of, Alvin? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, he's back. Yeah, yeah we, we can hear you. Now. I don't know, man. I don't know what happened there, but I'm scared. Well, it's Halloween, isn't it? So, yeah, good, good said. You, you did, well, you were there bad-mouthing like spirits anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, if I could beat it, then I feel all right, yeah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you carry on. <laughs> you carry on. <laughs> but no, it was just, um, we were talking about the um, steak scene from Poltergeist. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, and how that climaxes, because Alvin hadn't seen it before, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just kind of got over that. But yeah, that, that's a scene that's always bothered me. That's stayed with me for a long, long time. But um, yeah, Rich, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah of course. I, I'm, surprised I've been, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Nah, man. Horror's not my thing, innit? Yeah, no. It's, no you know, horror it, movies, anyway, yeah. like, proper, like, old, your old school horror movies scare me more than the modern ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, even yeah. Still, like, even though I know it's, like, all prosthesis and all that business, all prosthetics, and it's all fake, and it's all just, like, whatever. But, yo, man, those things scare me. But they scare me back then and it's scary now as well like mm-hmm. something unnerving because it's happening all in camera just like plays with your head yeah yeah it's awful awful man it really is but yeah and, um i was trying to think of a of another like kind of horror scene that that i've got one yeah go on yeah the autopsy scene in the thing ah uh, yeah 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 yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, like definitely. that. Literally, like, wow. I mean, I actually remember the first time I saw it. I was living in Battersea with my mum, and um, and one of my 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 best friend at that time called Takima. Like, she she watched it as well at her place. She lived like two doors down from me, and um, and and it's just one of the scary. I mean, the the thing about about the thing anyway is that it is kind of like there's no explanation as to where it's come from, so to speak be like a virus or you know i mean there's nothing ever supernatural about it but the whole setup of that film of where it's like it could just be anybody in the camp that is what makes it scary and when it does reveal itself that makes it even more scary but then it just it just keeps on jumping from host to host that's the scary thing so as, as weak as this thing is it needs us to survive and that made me that made me scared but um but the scene itself is basically one of the one of the guys has died and he's on the autopsy table or one of the guys is having a heart attack and he's on, auto, and he's on the table. 
Oh, so they get out the defibrillators to um to jump. That's it. Yeah, he's having a heart attack. So they to jump start his heart. And so you know they you know they do the one two clear boom and they shock his heart, and then they do it again the second time boom and then I think on the third time basically, his whole body just opens up into this mouth, and then basically bites the guy who's holding the defibrillator. It bites his arms off. Um, I take into account this film was made in like 1982, so it was the same thing. There was no CGI. It was all done with prosthetics. And when I tell you now, this film puts other films that you to shame. And then basically, what happened? Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they burn, they burn the body, and um, like I said, because it's a virus, um, it's, it keeps on trying to escape. So basically, what happens is that they burn the body, and then the head detaches itself from the body and turns into a spider. And this is probably one of the best lines, and it was actually done again, I think, in um, Sliver, which was a which was a James Gunn film, the guy who directed Guns of the Galaxy. And I think it's basically what, if you were in a camp of people. Aside from, let's say, maybe one person pissing themselves, one person standing in fear, one person running away, the guy just looks and goes, you have got to be fucking kidding me. And I remember, what they, and I remember watching that film, and if I would have been allowed to swear in front of my mom, that's probably what I would have said. Like, you just, you know, it's, that scene is, is fucking awesome, man. It's, it's just awesome. So as much as I don't like horror films, when it's done well, I think... Being a, being scared is allowed. Like I, I I hate shit horror films that scare me. But um but anybody who hasn't seen the thing, definitely go and watch it. And that scene that I've just described is probably only one of the is you know is a host is is one of like many amazing scenes in that film. Is is definitely a classic for me. And it's another film directed by John Carpenter who actually directed Halloween as well. So yeah. Okay, cool man. Um, by the way, you need to turn off your camera, bro. Ah. Wow, lucky I'm not naked. Oh, mm. <laughs> oh that, that, yeah. that, w- that would have been a real fright, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, can now? Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, let's move on, man. Let's move on, let's move on. So, um, this is one of the, the kind of mediums I struggled with, really, and uh, TV. Um TV horror seems to be making like a real resurgence um, in the past couple of years. American Horror Story has been a really, really big success. Um, I've just I've noticed there's a, a, an Exorcist series that has, has come onto American television recently. Um, I haven't watched it. I think it's out in the UK now. Um, but obviously the success of The Walking Dead as well has, has been huge. Um, and there's been various other kind of zombie-based TV shows that have come out too. Um, is there any kind of like horror-based TV shows that, that you guys can recommend to me? Because I ain't really got a clue, to be honest, as to what to watch um, in that genre. Um, Rich, I know you started watching American Horror Story the most recent season, right? Season six. Um, has that been? Yeah, good? That, that, it's, it's it's been really good. Um, I mean, I've seen I've seen one or two of the seasons before, and and they were okay. I mean, they they weren't scary for me. But this season, in, a, in almost like a, a Blair Witch type of way, but it's told from the point of view of a, a reality TV show. So, uh, and it's, it's it's quite an interesting take because you know, you know, in between, like you you never know when you're watching the show that's creating the reality TV show and when it's actually taking part, or when it's or when it's actually taking place. So it's a bit of a head, it's a bit of a head f or head fuck. Um, so that's a. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm gonna have to go back to episode one. And watch it from the beginning, but um, it's, it's a really interesting take on on a TV show in general. Considering that, you know, 
I'm not sure what the statistics are, but reality TV show is a big part of, t- of television now, uh, which is, you know, which is, I don't know, which makes me sick, so, much, so to speak. Um, American Horror Story, if you, if you want to go back, I, I, listen, man, certain episodes of The Twilight Zone, that shit will fuck with you, man. <laughs> like, the, the music alone, yeah, that, that, the music alone would make me want to go to the toilet, but not allow me to go to the toilet. You know, you know that thing where you're just like, you know, you know, yeah, they're just like, and you're just like, no. It's just something else. The Twilight Zone, I mean, that, I mean, every episode was a standard episode. And that just used to mess up my head, man. Like, you know, I think as, as a kid, I think it's a bit too adventurous on some of the TV that I was allowed to watch, considering I had a TV in my room. Um, I think certain episodes of like Bucket the Vampire Slayer were, were, were pretty good, man. Like horror wise. Um, there's there's a particular episode called Hush. I knew you were gonna say that one. I knew it. Like that. That I mean, not a lot of them have been scary, but that one was scary. Like I think I've, I've even forgotten the, the the name of the villains in the actual show. But Common Alvin, if you've seen an episode, of course they have with the guys floating about and that with the with the suits on and the smiles. Gross, yeah, man. I, Nasty. Yeah, like you know, it's, it, it was it's actually quite a really it was it was a really scary episode for a TV show that even it was horror based was almost done not to scare you, but like just but just to entertain if, if you get my meaning. That one could that one could have just been a film by itself. Um, so yeah, so those three shows I I, I I could recommend to people if they, you know, if they haven't watched if they haven't watched it. So Buffy, um, Twilight Zone. And American Horror Story, the well, the, the latest series, series that's just started. Yeah. Cool, cool. Alvin, did you have anything? You know what? Yeah, I kind of failed on this one because um, I was trying to think, and then the only things I could come up, I thought Walking Dead is an obvious one, but it's not really. It's got horror elements, but it's not like a lot of stuff that's like. There's a lot of shows that have horror elements. But aren't aren't fucking scary, you know what I mean? Like I had on my list like Sleepy Hollow and True Blood. None of those scared me at any point whatsoever. Yeah. It's it's, it's more of that kind of um I can only call it weak fantasy horror, where the horror horror elements are there. Yeah. And there is gore. But it but it's not scary. It's just oh here's a demon, this week's demon, take it out, it's dead now end of the episode so mm. it's just kind of like and true blood it was too it was too there was way too much comedy in it and drama for it to be um again for it to be scary i mean i think sometimes it tried mm. especially some of the vampire stuff but then it just got into like weird stuff with vampires shagging and all that business and it's just like oh well it's this it's, this is never going to be scary it had the potential to be but just just went mm. next direction so yeah to be honest i've, I've failed in that one yeah, yeah. I don't even think True Blood was really aiming to be scary. To be honest, I don't think that was necessarily yeah. the intentions of, of the people that wrote. Because I did watch a little bit of True Blood, but um, yeah, I, I never really found that that scary either. Oh well, we we all failed at the TV one. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> we don't really have anything for you on that one. Um, but I don't think with T- I came with three TV shows. I didn't feel shit. Well, yeah, but you brought up Buffy from like how many years ago? <laughs> I was talking about like more current things. No, okay, okay, okay. No, no. I, okay, I brought up Buffy, and I brought up the Twilight, and I brought the Twilight Zone, and I brought American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right, Richard. All right. <laughs> no, now you're, no, now you're fucking patronizing me. 
Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> well done. We'll, we'll put we'll put your pretty picture on the fridge. Okay. <laughs> okay, man. Cool. Well, let's let's move on anyway. Let's move on because we, now we can talk about some shit that I can really get my teeth into, and that's video games. Now, I don't know about you lot, but for me, video games is really where my scares have come from in recent years. Um, I think, I mean, I've I've thought about it, and I think it's, for me personally, that what what I enjoy about, like, horror-based video games is something that I've missed or or I've not felt with a lot of the the movies and the TV shows that are offered out, and that's the feeling that you are part of the story, that it is you who is in this story, that it's not necessarily just, you know, pixels or graphics on the screen, but you're actually part of it, and you are controlling the actions of of what goes on in front of you. Um, And yeah, like, horror-based video games, I I absolutely adore. I really do. Um, You know, I I really, really love them. so let's start with you, Alvin. Um, first memories of kind of horror-based games and anything that you can recommend to people that they would. Yo, I saw this. Well, this was one time I went around to my mate's house in it, and like put in this game. It was called uh, The Suffering. I don't know if any of you remember that game, um, but essentially just you're this dude in prison, uh, and and like. Yo, weird stuff starts to happen, like the lights go out and all this kind of business. And then like all the prisoners are like, everyone's dead, essentially, pretty much. And then you're the main character. You kind of like meet these ghosts. So you like tell him some stuff and that. And I tell you to walk down this hallway. And you start walking down it. And at the end of the hallway, you see something like go across. Yo, I pause the game and said to my mate, yo, <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm not fucking <laughs> playing this, man. I got a little bit beyond that, and it turns out that like you are that actual monster that was that was walking past you later on, turned into it, and all this kind of business. So it was like a premonition thing. But that bit, I just remember that bit. It's fucking just being like, nah, I don't want to play this, man. But um, <laughs> recently, I actually downloaded some horror games. Um, yeah, you know the Dead Space series, De- mm-hmm. Dead Space One and Two, and I played like the first fifteen minutes of Dead Space, and it's like it's kind of like a bit Event Horizony. Hmm. But that that game, they don't they they go in like straight away. There's like loads of dead bodies and shit, and like the first thing you first encounter with these like um, I think they're called necromorphs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, fucking, it's fucking wild, scary. Hmm. It's like they because over the comms, they're like, "Yo, run!" You know what I mean? And it's like, "Oh, press this button to run." I'm not fu- you're fucking running. You can hear them behind you. You go into this fucking lift, right? You turn around, and just as it gets to lift, it closes. Right, and you're safe in it. Nope, fucking opens again, and then you've got to shoot, and then you fucking it, the doors close. And I, I started sweating, man. I was like, yo, this game, fuck me, I've got to play this during the day. I can't be playing this at night. I'll be fucking, I'll be sweating. But yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait to play the rest of it. But that was a few weeks ago as well, man. But yeah, Dead Space, fuck me, yeah. Yeah, Dead Space is terrific. I'm, um, I mean. Dead Space 2 is the one that I really um, like. Even though it's not really a, a better game, like Dead Space 1 is, is, is... I mean, any serious gamer will tell you Dead Space 1 is the much better game to play out, out of the two, really. But but Dead Space 2 has, like, the best opening I can remember of, of, of a game. Really? That, yeah, in recent years. Oh, my God. <laughs> like I, I was doing lots of Richard's, like, poop, poop, when that <laughs> 
because um, it starts with, with you as um, Isaac, the, the main character, um, and you kind of like see his face for the first time, um, because it, you know in the, the previous game you don't see his face at all. And um, he's talking to somebody, you know, it, it basically following on directly from the events of the, the first game. So he's talking to somebody at a space station who's like trying to explain to him, you know, what what happened and all of this. And literally mid conversation, the guy gets attacked by a necromorph. And when I say uh-huh. attacked, I mean the thing fucking like it sticks some kind of, I don't know what it is, appendage off his body, some kind of thing that looks like a dagger through his head while he's, and then he's like. Uh, uh, He's kind of all like struggling to breathe and stuff, and it rips him apart basically from the inside, and then attacks you immediately. So you immediately have to try and defend yourself in this game and within the opening. And from there, it's just like it's non-stop, non-stop. And that game just absolutely like oh, like it, it terrified me. It absolutely terrified me. Um, Rich, anything that you played recently that, that scared you? Recently, not recently. Um, I actually did play. The Dead Space games, I played them the trailer to that, to the first one. And yeah, and I, and I have to admit, I think I was actually playing that during the day. And it, it's just so well done. Like, really, really well done. So I definitely have to agree with you, you guys on that. Um, I think the last horror film, not horror film, the last horror game that I played properly and I sat down and I was like, okay, this is all right. Um, Resident Evil 4. That game, that game just, just, just does it for me, man. Like, I mean, I'm going back, I'm going back quite a few years, so you can penalise me like you tried <laughs> in the last one. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but Resident Evil 4, you, I mean, you start off in this village and basically you're used to, I mean, what you've been, what you're used to with the original Resident Evil games that you usually end up in a town where there's, you know, you're just surrounded by zombies. But you just end up in this normal village. It's like almost like a Romany village. Um, you know, and these people are just going about their business like normal and everything. And then, you know, it just kind of kicks off. And then basically you see these Romanies running towards you and they're speaking their own language. And then it's the AI that happens in this game because one will see you and call his friends. But he oh, wouldn't say language. He'd be like, and he'll, you know, and he'll use his arm like, hey, come over here. And, like, and then you see like a bunch of them coming to chase after you. And the reason why that was scary and the reason why it was uh, somewhat a bit of a change to the to the other Resident Evil games where you were fighting or running against running away from zombies is that to me is the same reason why Halloween is a uh, you know is 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 so scary for me is because these people have a face you know like two two so up until that point as far as you're concerned this these are just crazy people but it's not just you know but it's a whole village that are chasing you and it's only later run down down the line when I think you get about a quarter of the way of a quarter of the way in which is still quite scary because like you've got this whole village chasing you. And then you end up fighting just like a normal guy and you shoot his head off and this parasite comes out of his head and literally you're just like <laughs> you, you know i was like the guy in um in, in the thing when i saw the thing come out of his head i was like you've got to be fucking kidding me like what is going on here and um and that game just generally put the shits into me um especially the, at one point where you kind of get the virus into it uh, the virus put into you as a character and you need to go and get like a cure so that that's a scary game for me um, Resident Evil 2, which was the first Resident Evil game that I played because the first one was kind of banned um, when they had like when they used raw footage, I think at the beginning of the game. Um, and there's a scene in that where basically you're, you wait, you, you go into like a, a police station and you go to like a two-way mirror and one of the monsters called a, called, called a liquor busts through the mirror. And yeah, and, and literally, and I, and I kid you not, like even when you know that it's going to happen, 
it's, it's still it still makes your heart jump you know you know you know it still makes your heart jump out of your chest and um and the reason why i i've, I've chosen resident evil 2 as well is because no single screen that you enter is the same so it's almost filmed like a like a horror game so like a horror film so there might be i mean there's one bit where you go into it where you go to a particular level and you see yourself running down a corridor but then it's but it's done from as if you're watching it through a cctv tv so when you fight these people in a corridor and then you get to go through the door the person who's watching the cctv you see them walk past the cctv and then basically come to chase you it's like it's those type of scenes like you know in, in that in that game where i'm just like it's just it's a piece of work it's, it's a masterpiece so um i mean they're not as up to date as you know as less like dead space but those games really work on, on the horror genre for me and um and yeah and i consider them classics resident evil 2 yeah is is just brilliant i mean one of the things about resident evil 2 that makes it work so well is that the controls are so terrible yeah, yeah. The tank controls. Like, I fucking hate those tank controls. Yeah, yeah, they're awful. Like, so you, and I, from what I understand, that was done deliberately to to kind of make the game more panicky because there's a, there's a, um, I can't remember what they, where this study was was done now, but there was a study I read about where, where basically, um, you know, they studied kind of. Uh, people and how they reacted in stressful situations um, and when people were within a, a kind of comfort zone where they felt in control of things um, yeah. people could, would feel fear but would still be able to function but when you feel like there's you have very little control or no control at all that's when the terror really kind of takes over you and you panic and, and, and things like that um, and apparently that's kind of the the, the idea that they went with uh, with Resident Evil 2 was to was to take the the control away from you as the player, so that you're you're deliberately panicked every time a crazy situation happens. Like I remember um, when I first played Resident Evil 2, it was at my cousin's, and um, he had got like he, he he's a rich kid, so he had like his own big screen TV in his bedroom, and he had like a um, a stereo system where he had the TV hooked up to. So whenever he played his PS2 games, he had it, you know, playing through this, this sound system. Um, and then the particular, like, level I remember is when... You remember the, the sewer level, Richard? The alligator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that, Alvin? <laughs> There's a bit in the game where um, you're with... Um, not, not Jill. Uh, what's the female protagonist's name again in 2? Ada? No, no. Ada. I think it was Ada, yeah. I, I think her name was Ada. And... Um, there's a bit where you know your character Leon. He he walks. It's a cutscene, and he kind of walks um, through the sewers and kind of around this corner. And you see Ada just like shooting into the you know into the water. And you're thinking like, what the hell is she shooting at? Like, what's she doing? And then literally like this alligator just jumps out of the water and tries to bite you while you're there. And you're in control of the character at this point. So the game doesn't even tell you that the cutscene has ended. It literally just throws you into this thing. <laughs> and like you you then have to run away from this alligator and try and find a way to kill it whilst you're running down this corridor. And this alligator Alvin is about like fifteen no. It it must be about thirty foot in length. 30 to 44. And the thing is just huge and like the music in the game is like dun 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 like while you're you're trying to run. And I remember me and my cousin playing this game 
and my cousin just screaming and trying to make it real loud. And I remember me going, just make it fucking run. Just make it run. Just make it run. And he's like, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> and his character was literally running and banging into every wall in the sewer, like running in some zigzag, like they were running in the straight line because we were both just panicking, panicking. But that scene was just brilliant. Um, that that is an example of how to kind of do a jump scare in a game um, and to do it properly. But a game that I'm sure you must have played, Alvin, that that mastered the jump scares for me um, was Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, did you play that? No, see, no, no. I saw oh, I saw no, loads of videos. You need to play it, dude. I ain't bother playing it though. You need to play it, man. You need to play. It. Have you ever played it, Rich? No. What what game is this? Basically, you know what it is? You know what you were talking about um, with Resident Evil 2 and the, the footage through the CCTV cameras almost? Well, Five Nights yeah, at yeah, Freddy's yeah. basically takes that to another level. So the, the whole game you play through um, POV, and basically you're okay. uh, somebody who's working on the night shift at this pizza restaurant. And um, your job is basically to monitor all of the, the CCTV cameras and to make sure um, that the doors, are, there's enough power left in, in the, the building to power like the, the lights and things like that. And um, there are these like these creepy characters that are they're basically like the, the mascots for this pizzeria, but they're like teddy bears and stuff like that. And um, if you let the power run down too much on one screen, um, when you click on it again, like the, the fucking teddy bear is like right up in the camera. And it will make you, I'm telling you, anything you've eaten <laughs> recently is coming straight out. <laughs> it's coming straight out. That game is just brilliant. The way they've, they, they've done that, um, the way they pull off that, that kind of POV experience is, is brilliant. I think there's like four or five different sequels to it now. Um, yeah, there's been so many because it was so successful. Um, in, in fact, you can get it on your smartphone now as well. So, like, you can, yeah. uh, listeners. You can uh, download it. Yeah, yeah, you can get it in most app stores. So, um, yeah, you it's can actually five, download it. Uh, five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, I'm going to peep that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth a play, man. That 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 game takes jump scares to a, to a whole new level. Whole new level. Um, what else was there that I, I wanted to talk about? There was... Uh, oh, Alien Isolation. Did it, any of you play that? Uh, no, I've wanted to get it for a while, though. It's... So say that again, Rich? No, I've heard that's really good. It is, it is. Another thing that you brought up was AI um, in Resident Evil. The AI in Alien Isolation is brilliant, brilliant. I mean, basically, it, it's um, exactly like playing through uh, the original Alien movie. Um, so in essence, yeah. it's, it's a complete survival horror. So literally, it's just you and the xenomorph, and you've got to survive um, whilst the xenomorph is stalking you. But what they've done is they've made the, the xenomorph clever. So yeah. you can't, um, in normal kind of horror games where you can go and like hide under a table and wait and something will pass. Yeah. No, that, that don't work with the xenomorph. The xenomorph will pull you out from under the table and mash up your face. <laughs> it don't work. There's even like, there's a, um, a section that I remember playing vividly where... Um, you know, uh, in the Alien movie where um, Sigourney Weaver manages to get into uh, this locker and put on the, the spacesuit in the original version? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's doing it really quietly to try and not alert the attention of the, the Xenomorph. Well, basically, you yeah. can play that scene. But oh, wow. hiding in the locker 
is not like hiding in and of itself because the xenomorph can sense if you're in the locker if you move the controls too much. So if you move, you have to keep the controls dead still, um, and it uses the um, uh, the six axis on the PlayStation controller. So literally, you have to keep the control pad pad like on a table or something like that, because if you make any kind of movement, the xenomorph will pull you out of the locker, will stab you through it, drag you out, and then rip your head off. <laughs> like, and it's just it's so nerve wracking, so nerve wracking. So yeah, Alien Isolation is definitely one um, that I would recommend to you folks. So if you're listening, um, check that one out, man, because that one is is crazy. Um, did it, either of you play that uh, horror movie game um, Until Dawn? I think it was called. Or something? No, that was on the PS3, right? Is that is that PS3 or PS4? I can't remember. PS4, sorry, yeah. Right, 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 right. All right. the actors in that. Yeah, yeah. And it had the butterfly effect thing where like mm. you select different outcomes. No, I didn't play it. Yeah, no, I haven't played it either, but it is something that, that's on my list, so I am going to get to that. But that's supposed to be really good as well because of, as you said, Alvin, it's, um, you know, every action you take in the game is supposed to affect um, the, the way that the story pans out and you basically decide who lives and who dies. Um, and each of those decisions that you make on who lives and who dies will affect how the game plays out for you. You can either make the game easier or harder based on um, what you do, really. So that's a kind of interesting concept, and I like that. Um, so yeah, that's something definitely that I'll check out. Um, but I've heard nothing but good things about it, so yeah, it should be a good look. Um, also, Alan Wake. Did you um, play Alan Wake? Oh, wow. I've got it. it. I've played it. Uh, okay. Did you you play it, Rich? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I remember playing it. Years, is, this is, hold on, this is quite, this is quite from some years old, right? Alan Wake. Alan Wake's, yeah, it's like quite old. 2010, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, two thousand. Alan Wake, same guys who did Max Payne. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like the one where it. Because um, I remember playing Alan Wake. I, I remember another game, at that point. I'm not sure if the same one is if a different one, but it was starring. You were playing Olivier Martinez. You know that the actor Olivier Martinez. Uh no, I don't think that's him in Alan Wake. Yeah. Um, he's he's in SWAT. Okay, no, I remember playing Alan Wake, but it was another mm. game. Uh, which was similar to Alan Wake, and um, but you were play you were playing Olivia Martinez playing a character. But sorry, but sorry, carry on. Yeah, but but I, made, I do remember Alan Wake. But carry on. Yeah, no, it was just creepy in terms of the thing. I mean, it, it didn't have a, as many jump scares for me, but it was quite creepy because it, it relied on you having the only way to kill the enemies was to use light, basically. But the yeah. whole game was in darkness. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of. That, that, that was kind of a creepy one. It was a bit like Alone in the Dark, actually. Uh, I don't know if you played that one as well. Yeah, um, similar kind of thing. Um, also, did you either of you play uh, Fear, uh, F E A R? Yep, I had was the, that like a shooter. Though, yeah, that was a shooter. Yeah, it was a first-person shooter. But yeah, that was a classic. Um, Silent Hill. I only played the first one. Did you guys ever play Silent Hill? I, I, I used to watch people. I used to watch people play. I was just it. about to say the exact same thing. Mm. But I mean, but I, I I think Silent Hill. You know what? Silent Hill is up there with like um with, with like Dead Space, where it's not only a horror, but it, it but it's, it just fucks with your mind, man. Like mm, I, mm. yeah, I mean, then I remember going on Wiki one day and looking at some of the you know doing a bit of research on it, and then you find out that some of the characters are like, you know, repressed fears that you you know that the character you're playing has, mm, and mm. you know. There's, there's like people being sodomized and like it, it's a real head fuck man <laughs> like, 
But um, but yeah, but I, like I said, I just used to watch people play it. Like to me, I I just I just couldn't get into it for some unknown reason. Hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a wild one, man. That was a very very wild one. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that that I might have missed um from video games. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, condemned, condemned two, condemned two. Um, I got that when um, sorry. Is that in prison? Uh, no, condemned to is uh, you're basically you're the um, you're a disgraced FBI agent because um, yeah. in the first one oh, you had to like try and catch like a serial killer, and then in the second one like the serial killers got out and um, but it's a lot more. The second one is a lot more like psychological um, horror, and there's one particular bit as well where you're investigating this building with these mannequins in it, yeah. and um, every time you turn around like the mannequins have moved position and have got <laughs> closer to you. And they they don't actually do anything to you in the game, like they don't kill you or anything like that. But it just fucks with your head because like you're literally like everywhere you go. I remember vividly when I was walking down this corridor holding the flashlight, and then like the the you know the sound effects was doing this kind of sound like something's moving behind you, um, and then I would turn around, show my flashlight. And then these bloody mannequins were behind me, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, where did you come from?" You know. Um, so yeah, that I, I remember that from Condemned. I think it was called Condemned Criminal Origin or something like that. Yeah, Condemned Criminal Origins, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good one to check out as well um, if you haven't played that. Um, and also, of course, Slenderman. <laughs> yeah, forget Slenderman, man. I've seen people play that as well, and. No. no yeah, yeah. Slenderman for me, like I'm I'm sorry, but I I can't do it. I can't do it. I've seen people's reaction videos on YouTube and that's enough for me. I I can't like I, especially at this age, man. Like I've got to look after my heart, man. I can't be <laughs> subjecting myself to that kind of shit. Like 'cause watching people playing Slenderman was, was stressful to me. Um did you play it, Richard? Same thing. I watch people play it and, and that <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that that was that was too much for me, man. Way too much. Okay, man. Well, we give, we've given a lot of recommendations for for games there, so I think we can put the, the games to bed. Um, and we've only got about five minutes left. Um, so yeah, we might as well try and start wrapping this thing up. We didn't really get to go through comics, but then I think we both kind of well, we all kind of agreed that comics is um it's a difficult thing to recommend like kind of horror based comics because it's I guess horror is a is a very subjective thing anyway and different people are scared of different things but um with with comic books it's it's hard to find stuff that's really kind of creepy that that is out um you know in the mainstream so to speak um but guys was there anything at all that you could come up with for comics uh, that I'm thinking about it I, I mean like you'd have to probably go back to like old school 70s and 80s stuff. I mean, it's stuff that I never read. But um, what were they? What were they called? Were they called like EEC horror comics or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they were one of the reasons that you know when they started when they brought in the Comics Code Authority, um, you know, to you know to about certain things that that were that were allowed to be portrayed in comic books. So I know, but I think they had things like beheading. Like I mean, like I remember seeing the documentary and you'd look that you know they have a front cover of the comic book and it's like a woman holding her husband's head. By the hair after it's been decapitated, um, so I mean I'm not sure if those are any good, but I mean you know feel you know any viewers out there or listeners sorry like feel free to peep those and 
know, let us know what you think. Is, is it would you consider it horror? Is, is it worth it? Is it tame compared to like stuff that they've seen? You know that you can get to now. I don't know, but that's the only thing that could pop that I could come up with when I when I thought you know really hard about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. If you have any kind of ho- uh, like really good horror comic recommendations, then yeah, definitely do um, let us know, man. Because um, yeah, they'll be interested to to read a few and um, see if they. They they give me the willies. Um, Alf, anything? Uh, the only thing I could think of was uh, Gotham by Midnight, but again, it's, it wasn't particularly scary. It was just more moody with uh, again hor- horror elements, but it it, it was actually scary. Mm-hmm. Cool, fair enough. All right, man. Well, I think we've we've kind of covered all of our bases with with this one. So um, hopefully, you guys, as I said, listening, have got plenty to chew on definitely in terms of uh, films and definitely in terms of video games as well. Um, but yeah, man, if you can recommend any things for us to, to check out, then by all means, please do. Um, you can find us on social media. Um, I'm at Wulong Talks on Twitter. Um, and you can also hit us up as well on our website, which is wulongtalks.com. Um, yeah, any recommendations that you have, man, as said, just, just send them our way because uh, we, we definitely... Um, we definitely will, will, will take a, a look at them. I can't promise you that we'll watch them all and read them all, if, especially if they are actually scary, because like I said, man, I'm, I'm of age now and I need to look after my heart. So, yeah, I won't be taking too many risks. <laughs> but if there's anything that you can recommend, I definitely want to hear it. Um, Alvin, man, where can people find you out on social media? Yeah, you can find me on um, Twitter and what's the other one? Instagram, at BigA85GL. Cool. Uh, Rich, where can people find you if they want to talk to you? Instagram, uh, Wulong Talks. Uh, Instagram under Rich Reviews. And obviously, you've got you know, www.wulongtalks.com as well, where you'll find me and Jay. Uh, and Twitter uh, under Rich Reviews as well. Cool, cool. Oh, and before I go as well, I just want to give um, uh, a shout out and a little bit of a plug for uh, a podcast that I've been listening to recently, which has been really, really good, actually. Uh, It's called The Broken Elevator, um, and it's a podcast hosted by uh, three London-based guys who uh, do pitching ideas. So basically, the idea is they they come up with different concepts and different things, and then they pitch each other uh, movie ideas um, based out of the the things that they're pitching. Um, It's a lot of fun. They, They actually... Recently, in the most recent podcast, did a sequel for Attack the Block um, that would feature everything from gentrification to time travel to, wow, there were just so many concepts that were in there, um, and it was really, really um, fun to listen to. They also came up with a term that I'm determined to get into the Urban Dictionary, uh, which is called road exploitation. Um, that basically is a, is a mixture of roadman movies and exploitation mm. movies. So, <laughs> like, I think... That's the perfect phrase to get into the Urban Dictionary. So, damn it, I'm going to make it happen. So, <laughs> so we got to do this, man, because road exploitation needs to get its, the respect it deserves. So let's put it out there, people. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's it. That's going to do it for us. Um, thanks so much for listening, if you're listening along with us. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and we'll be back again very, very soon. Uh, if you're going to MCM Comic Con this weekend, uh, we're all going to be there. Um, so come and say hi to us, man, because, you know, we don't buy it unless you ask us to. So it's all good. <laughs> um, but we'll be there, especially on the Saturday. The three of us will be there. Um, we'll definitely put, uh, be putting up some pictures on our Instagram as well. So um, check that out. Um, and, yeah, said, come say hi, man. We love chatting. So, you know, 
feel free to come and say hello. We'll take a pic with you, um, and we'll make you famous, baby. All right, that'll do it for us, man. Um, say good night, Alvin. Night, peeps. And Richie, say good night. Sayonara. Cool. And people, it's good night from me. Sleep tight. Um, don't worry, Freddie's not going to come for you, man. Just like do what my auntie Ina would say and throw some salt outside your door, and the demons can't come in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. We're out of here. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.